Real educators. Real students. Real struggle. We bring you stories from schools and classrooms that reveal the true struggles faced in education. Welcome to another episode of Struggle for Change podcast. This is Emily with Hannah Kuzno, who also happens to be my sister, my oldest sister, because I have three sisters. And these are strange times we're living in right now, folks. I don't know if you've noticed, but I mean, this episode, depending on when it airs, we are living in the the, the state, the middle stages of the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, I work at a school and we're all, the, we're all kind of scrambling to figure out the best way to deliver a solid ed- education still to students, even when they're at home or um, learning from a distance. And so the theme for today's episode is actually more broad, but covering um, the idea and the the concept and the stresses behind the decisions that one might have to make as a parent for a child, regardless of how many children you have. It can be a, a journey and a struggle in and of itself. And Hannah happens to have four kids, lovely children, a wide range and an age gap in between them. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but your oldest is is still 16, right? He is 16, about 16 and a half. Just had his driver's license. And and then we have a 14-year-old, we have a 12-year-old, and we have a five-year-old, almost six. Awesome. Yeah. So quite a range, very like unique, like awesome individuals. And can you tell us a bit about the, the decisions that you've had made, like starting with your oldest child, maybe like what grounding values do you have for how your children are educated in general before we dive deeper? I've done a lot of things with their education over the years. We started out homeschooling. I thought I would do that for a while or forever. Um, my mother-in-law homeschooled her kids and I thought it sounded great. Um, Then we moved into a Montessori school for a few years where I taught and the kids, the three kids at the time, the oldest, went to school there, elementary, for four years. And then we came home again when my youngest was born and we homeschooled for three years. And then the oldest moved into high school at a Catholic local high school. And the others are following suit. They're homeschooling middle school and going to the Catholic high school Um, But we take it year by year. So we're not going to say that my youngest will do that. We're not going to say my seventh grader will do that, but most likely she's moving in that direction. First, we kind of look at what our kids need to know and need to learn and need to know how to do before they graduate high school. I think we're we're kind of looking at that as our end game as parents. We'll get them into college and then it's kind of their their role from there. But um, in terms of picking a school or deciding what to do for each school, we go year by year and we look at our opportunities. We look at what we want for our kids and we look at how they could potentially get there. So when our oldest was young, we just wanted to homeschool. My desires at the time were to be home. I didn't have a strong desire to work outside the home at that moment. I wanted to be with my kids and I loved to teach them new things, new skills, new abilities. 
and I didn't want to send them away. I thought I could do a fine job at home and I enjoyed it and I really looked forward to it. And I liked being home. I, I like doing dishes and cleaning and laundry and I don't think I would like it as much without the kids there though. Um, it might be lonely, but I didn't feel lonely with them. We thought we'd give homeschooling a try. It did work. Our oldest had some interesting qualities that made it hard in a sense, but I talked to people, got some ideas. He wasn't really interested in all the preschool type things like Play-Doh or Legos or puzzles or painting or drawing or even holding a pencil or cutting. He just, <laughs> everything. But we figured we could work on them and He'd have to be working on them at a preschool either way. Um, he really took to reading very fast. So he learned how to read quickly and easily. He loved to play games. He really absorbed things he was interested in. So we gave him a lot of free time to just be who he was. And we fit in those little things we thought he should know and learn um, throughout the day, sprinkled in. We didn't really have a this is school time. <laughs> we didn't make it a battle. We didn't ask him if he wanted to do things. We just figured out a way to teach him. My younger girls at the time followed suit, although they loved to do everything. They wanted to do the Legos and the Play-Doh and the puzzles and the painting and everything. They just loved it. So that was easy. <laughs> we just provided it and we worked with my oldest um, but we didn't have to work as much with them. And I was dabbling in Montessori at the time at home. I had read some books and figured out that that was probably the best for my oldest to give him choices. He was stubborn and did not respond well if I said, let's do this now. <laughs> but my sister, my other sister, Rebecca, gave me an idea that if I set up a shelf or two with many different activities, I could just say, you know, pick anything on the shelf. It's your choice. And that worked fairly well. He didn't fight it. Um, he did tend to pick the same things over and over. He would kind of have his favorites. And, um, and then I would have to figure out how to get him to choose the other ones sometimes um, to practice with them. But <clears throat> he, um, he did pretty well. So when my husband said, uh, why don't you go get trained as a Montessori teacher? And then if you ever have to work, um, you'll be able to in a real school. So I said, sure. I grabbed the opportunity. I really wanted to learn more. And I wasn't getting it all from books like I was hoping. So I thought it would be great to get into a training program, get all my questions answered, and really learn how to do Montessori. Because for me, it seemed like it should work better than it was, although it was working okay. But I wondered if you needed a classroom with lots of kids to have um, an ideal Montessori education, whereas my three kids and we had a neighbor girl down the street come, we had four children and they were all at different levels and stages and it was okay, but I just thought it could be better maybe. What intrigues you about Montessori specifically? Like why? Why would you use that um, in the home environment as opposed to another methodology or focus? I was 
in a Montessori school as a child, but didn't know how to teach it. That didn't teach me how to be a Montessori teacher. I think it was reading all the books because I was searching for how to teach my son um, in a way that would work for him. And everything I read in the books just sounded true and just sounded right. Um, I didn't delve into a lot of other school systems and teaching methods at the time, although I think I read a little bit about Waldorf. I heard about Rudolf Steiner schools that focus on art and technology. Um, but I liked the Montessori way. It seemed to jive with me. Um, I liked giving my kids choices. I think I always had in a sense. I liked promoting independence. I think I always had done that. Um, I like treating them as real individuals, real people in a sense, and not babies. I never liked to baby talk to them. So it just seemed to fit. Um, I loved reading all the anecdotes of other kids who had learned that way. Um, and I just thought I would give it a shot. I think I was, I wasn't desperate, but I was searching. And so I thought I would try it. And I liked how it was turning out for the most part. So that's how we got there. And then I kept reading, I kept learning. Um, and I saw it really taking off with my girls. So that also gave me um, good feedback. And I think it worked okay for my oldest in that I couldn't imagine a different program of learning being better for him. Um, he really just wanted to do his own thing at home, which was learning. It just wasn't all the learning he needed. Well, yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's an interesting question though. When we when we're used to like we like we all went to school in our family and and after the Montessori um, program after we moved, we we went we spent a good amount of time in public schools where a lot of the curriculum is very prescribed. Yet there's still opportunities for organic education and learning, but it's not quite the same. And um, I, you know, I I think I would have done better even if I had more like more personalized learning. Um, not that our public school education wasn't up to par. I thought it was excellent. Um, but you, you have that sort of prescribed sense of curriculum. Uh, how do you feel now about curriculum? Like, is there a curriculum that you're thinking about? You mentioned you have things in mind that you think your kids should know before they go to college, right? Um, how do you come up with those? Do you have resources or some kind of framework from other sources that you're looking at? Um, probably things have come into my mind from many different paths over the years. Um, so it seems almost like I just know, but I've read probably a million parenting books since my oldest was born. Only a million, maybe a little more, <laughs> but I tended to look at them just for, I tended to read them searching for true things that I could use and apply in my parenting. And I didn't read them thinking that this book has all the answers. I was just looking for little nuggets that I could use um, and talking to other people. I know I looked up, you know, the state standards, but I don't think I did that when they were really little. I think I just knew they had to learn how to read. They had to learn basic numbers and early math, and they had to learn how to write. And then through my Montessori reading, I learned many other things that they could learn. 
They could learn how to fold. They could learn how to wash things. They could learn how to sweep a floor. There were so many things that Montessori said that they could learn at age three, four, five. Um, so I got lots of ideas from them, from the books. And back, this was back in the, you know, 2008, 2009. Um, lots of blogs were starting at that time with pictures of activities parents were doing at home. And I, I searched for Montessori blogs. So I read those and got ideas. Um, but I just, I just knew reading, writing, and arithmetic, you know, start there. And then if they have those, then you can add science or you can add uh, music, you can add computers, all those things. Um, so I, I think I did organic research through my reading and talking to people. I didn't feel like I had to research a lot. <laughs> um, it just seemed pretty basic. And then I had to decide what I wanted them to know besides what they needed to know. So I wanted them to know Spanish because I knew some Spanish. So I felt like I could teach that. Um, and so we did Spanish songs and we did, you know, listen to things in the car while we were driving places. I wanted them to learn music and I like to sing and I like to play the piano a little bit. So we just sang songs and I taught them basic things on the piano before we signed up for official lessons. Um, I wanted them to learn typing on the computer. I wanted them to learn that keyboard and get comfortable with it. So when they were older, they could um, type proficiently. And so between what I knew they needed to know and what I wanted them to know, I had to figure out how to get them there. Um, and what was the most important and what to spend the most time on, but everything was incremental. So I read a few books on teaching reading and I found some nuggets of wisdom and we just started with the letter sounds and we started with the lowercase letters because Montessori said that was, um, an easier way to learn to read. If you knew the lowercase letters, then you just look at the books and they're all lowercase pretty much. So we just, I think I made a little alphabet book for my oldest and we went through it and Montessori says, teach the letter sounds and not the letter names. So I thought, well, that's interesting. So we jumped on that because I thought that would be really, um, that's a good nugget there. That was something that I never thought of and I just went with it. And so we taught the letter sounds and we did the lowercase and we just did it very, um, I've always done things very basically. Start out really easy. Don't overwhelm the kids with something new and um, make it kind of fun and work it into the day. So I think we went over his letter book. He was probably three and maybe four, I think four. And we just started going over a couple letters. I said, you know, just a couple, then we'll add more once you get them. Um, we didn't do the whole alphabet at once. And he was so eager. Can I have another letter, mom? <laughs> said, well, you know, let's wait a little bit, you know, make sure. But, you know, looking for that incentive, that, um, that eagerness, that willingness, it was never me saying we have to do this. I tried to do that in everything. For those things that they really kind of need to know, I don't want them to feel pressured. 
and I've learned never to ask. <laughs> Don't ask, do you want to do this now? Just work it into the day. So we would look at his book before rest time in the afternoon and maybe before bed, just for like one minute before we read other books. Really simple. He never fought it. And then he learned very quickly. <laughs> I think he was my fastest. Um, but other things, you know, kids need to know how to cut with scissors. And I told him at the time, because he was not interested in scissors, you may go to a real school someday and you're going to have to cut things out. <laughs> so explaining to them a little bit in terms they can understand those skills that they're going to need and why, just a little bit of why. You happen to be kind of a triple threat, Hannah. I mean, you're like confident parent that has like curiosity instilled in you as a as a person, and you're also a, a trained like Montessori teacher. So clearly, you're going to have different things, which is amazing that you do at home with your kids. That just are a natural part of your own curiosity and your own growth. Uh, you you want to help. You want to grow with your kids too, as an educator. And I get that sense from you very strongly. What about a you know parents that maybe don't have that same kind of background or maybe just don't have the time or the ability to be at home, like kind of in the thick of things with their kids as much as you have been? What advice would you give to maybe some of these parents that just don't have the ability or the capacity right now to be as like close knit as you are in their education? What is perfect for my child or even what is just best for my child? There's so many factors. Um, of course, everybody wants what is best, but everyone has different values. So, you know, first you look at your choices and then evaluate your values, I think. Choices these days that I know of are regular public school or charter school or a private school, whether it's religious or non, and or homeschooling. Um, those are the basics for elementary, middle school. If you're going to high school, you could also, some um, community colleges have programs where college, where, where high schoolers can get a, an associate's degree by taking classes at the community college instead of a regular high school. And then looking at what you value and some things I thought of that we have valued, if you wanna be the teacher of your children, if in the nitty gritty math and writing, those can be really hard. <laughs> it's okay to not value being the teacher for that. If you send your child to a very small school or if you homeschool, they may not have music, they may not have sports. Um, the opportunities to do really cool technology things or be in a school play. Um, a lot of people go to public because they want those things for their kids. They want the best that that school system can offer. Money can be a value. Well, money can be a problem. <laughs> money can be very expensive for a private school. Homeschooling doesn't cost much. Charter and public free. So how much money do you want to put toward their education and how much can you put toward? How many friends? How, what are the opportunities for your kids? If their class is very small, especially middle school or high school. Some parents feel a little queasy. They want more choices for their kids' friends. And educational standards. If you want your kids to really learn well, you want them to have really good teachers. And where are those good teachers? You know, how are your schools rated in your area? 
One more thing that really affects parents is what are your friends doing? Where are your friends sending their kids? And what do you what does your family think? What do the grandparents think? Everyone has opinions and all of these pressures kind of weigh on parents to decide what to do with their own kids. There's no perfect we've found. Everything has pros and cons. And I think for parents who are deciding, first just talk about all the options. Put all the options out on the table. If anything sounds great, keep it as a possibility. If anything sounds awful, it just doesn't jive with you and your family, or you know it's way too expensive and they don't have financial aid. If something's really just not going to work, just cross it off the list and look at what you have. And then you start talking about your values and what what kind of things would be um, would be good for your family and how the school would affect those things. Um, And just talk and talk and talk and think, talk to other people. And sometimes doors open easily. Sometimes a school just feels right really quickly. Everything kind of sounds good. There's no real negative. I'd say just go for it. If a door opens that easily, just go for it. Say, yes, this sounds like a good fit. We'll do it. I just think once you pick something Just don't look back, just go for it. You'll be fine, your child will be fine, and you can deal with any problems as they come up. When you've chosen something, don't just think this will be the end all of my child's education. You know, I'm gonna let the teachers do everything. Just keep looking for ways to help your child, keep observing them. If you notice big problems with their education or with kids at school, don't just let it go and hope or think this is a good school, they'll figure it out. Just be an advocate for your kid or work on them at home. <laughs> a silent advocate, you know, boosting them up from the home if you can. Um, tutoring is always an option. Um, but just look for those major weaknesses or those patterns of um, patterns of weaknesses. If they're having small problems consistently in the same area, Try to address it with whatever you can. Don't let it slide. There's no perfect. You can keep working on improving no matter where they are. And that is my final answer. <laughs> no, that's awesome, Hannah. Um, well, it really speaks to that, that notion of even just with parenting in general, I'm probably right. Like you, you try your absolute best but, and, you're, and you're doing the best you can no matter what. And that's the important thing. And you don't always, you don't, a lot of times have control over most outcomes more than just providing the scaffolding and the support that you, that you can, the love that you can um, with your own tools. And the same with education specifically, it's like, yeah, you do your best to advocate for your child's education to grow as the person that they're meant to be. Right. But you, but at the end of the day, they're still their own individual and they, they're going to make their own uh, choices and form into their own mold and their own personality. And they, they also need to learn uh, how to, to be their own person too. And the, no matter what situation they end up in, in education, it's like, they will, um, you can't do everything, right. You can, you can, you can, you can do it as much as you can. And then, like you said, once they get to college, it's like, well, hopefully they'll be in a position where they have the the skills and the tool sets to, to be the best they can be. Um, at the end of the day, they're also their own person and we do what we do our best. Right. I've got to say, um, kids are born kind of 
wired to be who they are in a sense. And Montessori says over the first six years of life, they really cement that. And then afterwards, it's harder to change them. But I found it's still hard to change them if you want to at age three and four. They are very uh, much who they are. And you can just give them practice and skills and you can teach them as much as possible. But um, I'll say my oldest still has no desire to do puzzles or art or Legos or (laughs) all those things. No, or scissors, but at least he has basic enough skills that if he needed to, he could. But it doesn't mean that when you teach these things, they're going to grab on and love them. You just have to teach them certain skills, right? They have to know how to how to do things, at least a very basic level. It's hard to know when to trust others in that, I'm sure, like when you're putting all of that trust into another educational system. Or, so yeah, these are all the the things that we that we grapple with. Um, and every component of the educational system has its value, but you just have to decide what my my child grasp onto the best to make them the best person they can be. So Hannah, if you had another just piece of wisdom that you want to share with with the listeners out there, what would that be? Hmm. Let's see. I'd probably say just seek the advice of people you trust, teachers you trust about your children. And don't worry, just um, choose what's, choose what seems best in the moment. Learn as much as you can before you have to decide, but um, don't worry that you're choosing something that's going to be awfully bad for your child compared to another choice that you didn't choose that would have been perfect, but you didn't choose it for some reason. You know, be thoughtful and um, and don't worry because things will work out and um, you know your child the best. That's what they always say. Parents know their kids the best and you're trying to make choices. You're trying to use wisdom and guidance and you will make the best choice. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me in this lovely evening. Um, we might have to give each other a virtual high five, which is actually healthier in this busy time anyway so virtual high five all right high five Emily (laughs) thanks Anna you're welcome thank you